Hello everybody, this is Subrat from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show and today we have Emily Warden with us, a certified professional career coach helping driven job seekers get hired, get paid and get more confident in their personal and professional lives. She specializes in career transitions, helping clients move into a new industry or return to work after a career pause. Emily created a proven five-step method to people to help people find jobs they love for more money than they were expecting. The typical client receives a job offer in three months with a 20% pay increase. That is so awesome. So without further delay, let's welcome Emily. Emily, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Suprat. I'm so excited to be here. Emily, let's begin. We will dive into the job industries as well as what are the five-step methods and all. But before that, let's begin with your journey, your stories. Why did you choose this? What exactly inspired you to become a coach? I was actually a business coach first. That's how I got started in coaching. So I got my MBA and I started my own business with a custom-made bag business. And that was very successful. We served thousands of customers in dozens of countries. I did a lot of things really great. And I made a ton of mistakes, as many first-time entrepreneurs do. So that encouraged me to write a book to help other creative entrepreneurs launch their own businesses and avoid the stakes that I made. So the book is called Make, Sell, Repeat, The Ultimate Business Guide for Artists, Crafters, and Makers. And that was in 2014. I'm making the rounds. I'm promoting the book. And that led to a teaching career at Boston University, a teaching opportunity teaching career development in the arts. And Subrat, once I discovered career development, I was hooked. That was seven years ago. I'm still teaching the course. And I haven't looked back since. I just, I love the direct impact I can have on people's lives. And I see a lot of parallels. I think the reason I got really excited about it initially is I see a lot of parallels between building a business and building your own career. So I like to say to people, you are the entrepreneur of your career. And so you have to think like an entrepreneur when you are building your own career in terms of you are a product. How are you going to market yourself, attract your target customers? And we can talk more about that later. I don't want to get too off course. But ultimately, I just really loved this because careers touch every part of your life, where and how you live, your relationship with yourself and other people. So the business coaching was fun, but I like the direct impact that career coaching can have. And how it's going on now. Oh, it's fantastic. I love hearing, especially I'm now hearing from clients who've been at their new jobs for six months or a year, and they are making more money. They're doing work that they love. They're getting promoted. And I like to reflect with them. Look where you were a year ago when you were trying to job hunt on your own. And where were you? And your savings account was drained. And look where you are now. And when I just I hear those stories, it's just so rewarding. I just I found what I need to do. And I just love it. Yeah. And like you are only focusing on one client or you have like group coaching or any kind of online programs. Like if anyone wants to get coaching from you, then what are the options are available? Good question. I launched initially with one-on-one coaching and this year I was able to launch a few digital courses so people can do self-directed learning if they want to or the digital courses. I have a digital course in how to find your new career. Mm-hmm. So it's a five-step process if you want to make a career transition. And I also have an informational interviews course, and I'm going to be launching quite a few more in 2024. But the courses, what's neat about them is they could be self-guided and you go on your own and do it. Or you can choose a hybrid version where you're taking the course and you're also meeting with me. And then also in 2024, I'm looking to launch memberships. I'm looking to launch group cohort courses where a couple times a year, 
We'll do an LinkedIn intensive or an informational interview intensive or resume, personal branding, things like that. Because I'm only one person. I can only help so many people one-on-one. So I'm really excited about these possibilities. We're going to be doing LinkedIn lives next year. So I could help big, bigger groups of people. I just, however, I can expand my reach more, whether or not it's Mm. making money, that's irrelevant to me. It's more just how many people can I help when I'm just one person? I understand. Yeah, that's awesome. That's long plan that you have. Yeah. And also like the way you just plan all the things. And it says to me that there are a lot more requirement of the market for the help of other people. They need support. They need some kinds of things so that they can increase. They can get the job. They can live a fullest life because everything starts with the money, right? <laughs> all the Every, I like to say to people, you spend a third of your life working, but something like 90,000 hours. And so if you're unhappy at work, you're unhappy with your life, you're unhappy, your occupation affects your finances, your relationships with other people, where and how you live, your own self-worth, your confidence level. It's one of those aspects of your life that it's not just, oh, I have my job. That job touches everything, right? So, you know, if someone's laid off or they're feeling under underwhelmed at their job or they're not being challenged, they want to grow or they're trying to leave a toxic environment. What's all of these reasons that people want to change their careers and finances. It's funny, Subrat, in all of my years of doing this, finances is one thing, right? People say, I'd like to make more money. A big part of it too is purpose. I want to do something that makes a difference, that has an impact, that helps other people. That's, I don't know if that's just the kind of clients I attract or that's just a shifting priority for people. So a lot of times they say, I want to leave what I'm doing. It's awful. And I want to do something that I love, that's fulfilling, that's purposeful. And if I can make more money too, fantastic. So I find that really interesting how that's switched a little bit in the last few years. And also, if you see nowadays, most people are, they just want to get into the entrepreneurship because because mm. of social medias, because of there are a lot of people who are marketing enough telling about to do the job and all. But I think that job is also a very crucial part. Business always been made throughout. There are a lot of the work, a lot of the tasks people need to do. And then through job, you can feel, you can do that kind of task. People always think about that, like what? I don't work anyone. I don't work for anyone. I just start my own businesses. But they are just jumping very fast, making a lot of mistakes. And then realize that I just did a lot of mistakes in my life and then they are just crying. They are just getting a lot of problems. They are just uh, getting stressed like anxiety. So yeah. what would be your advice? What would be best like whenever you are thinking to switch from job to business or mm-hmm. business to no one is coming to business to jobs. But most people yeah, are watching yeah. jobs to business. No. What would be your <laughs> advice to the people? Like mostly the younger generation, are, they just want to become a cool. Like they are just so much attracted towards entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is not easy. The reality oh. is different. But people are just doing the things and sharing the knowledge like the entrepreneurship is very easy because they just want to sell their product or services, whatever they have. But yeah. very people, very a lot of people are really struggling with that thing. So what would be your advice like as an expert? Yeah. So many thoughts came up while you were talking about that. So this goes back to the main crutch where I'd like to tell people where building a business and building a career are, there are a lot of parallels going on there. And so let me start with the first part. A big mistake I see people making on the job hunt is, so I have a five-step process for job hunting. And Subrat, number five is applying for jobs. There are four steps that you need to do ahead of time. Figure out what you want. 
figure out what your target customers want, get your brand correct, start networking, then you can apply to jobs. And I see entrepreneurs doing the same thing, or at least you're right. People are seduced by the get rich quick, make money on the side. And it's one of the reasons I wrote my book is particularly for creative entrepreneurs who were my original focus. And coaches do this as well. You get into it because you love it, not necessarily because there's a need in the marketplace. They teach you as a business owner, you have to solve a problem, a want, or a need, right? You need to understand your target customer, understand their pain points, provide them a solution. And so oftentimes it's that same thing with the job search or with starting a business. Who is your target customer? What do they want? What is their pain point? How can you help them? with that. And then how do you brand yourself appropriately? How do you market yourself? How do you communicate your services? And so the mistakes that I see job seekers make and entrepreneurs make is they lose sight of their target customers and they are your end all and be all. And if you're not communicating with them or clicking with them or helping them understand how you can help them, then your message is totally lost. And that's where you become either unsuccessful in job search or your business never quite completely takes off either. It all goes back to the target customer. And also you are working with all of the people, every industry is or there are specific industry that you work with or people who wants to switch their career in government jobs or any particular field, maybe artist field, maybe creative field. So Mm -hmm. like you are helping all of the people or you have a specific? Yes, I've tried to specialize and then people come my way from different fields. I'm like, all right, let's do this. I do say the one field excuse me, the two fields that I really say don't come to me for is law, anything in law and medical, because those are such completely different tracks. I can help with branding. I can help with messaging. I can help with confidence. But if you're talking long-term career development and strategy, I'm not as familiar with those industries. So I say, look, I can help you with a little bit, but you really should find an expert in that field in particular. But my clients, I've had creative clients, educators, finance people, HR people, From all walks of life, because what I find is there's really that underconnecting thread of what do your target customers want? How do you get your brand and your messaging on point to communicate that? How do you say, I understand your needs and this is how I can help? And once you get that basic formula down and the networking apart, apart, that's my step four. And once you get that basic formula down, you can apply that to pretty much any industry. And I will say to clients, I'll say, you know what, this industry better than I do. So here's what I see could be an advantage. Do you agree or disagree? One of the places I have everyone start, everyone, is take three to five job descriptions that sound interesting to you, copy and paste them into a document and find the keywords and the key phrases. And then you build those keywords into your brand. You build it into your resume. You build it into your LinkedIn. So I don't need to have a deep understanding of the industry in order to help them with that process. But then I say, look, here are the tools. And then you need to take it over the the finish line with your particular industry expertise. And also, Emily, if you see that nowadays, people mostly are afraid whenever the artificial intelligence things comes into picture. Mm -hmm. So as a job expert, as a career coach, what do you think? How do you look at this artificial intelligence? Like what kind of impact that it's going to have? I love this question. I actually just read an article the other day about a career coaching artificial intelligence. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Coming for my job. <laughs> but artificial intelligence, I say people, it's here to stay. Obviously, the horse has left the barn. So in terms of your career advancement, you need to learn how it, it's going to th- likely, obviously, every industry is different. But 
it is likely going to affect your job prospects in the future. So you have to learn to be able to work with it rather than against it uh, is number one. But number two, Subrat, I have this real love-hate relationship with what is going on in some of the artificial intelligence and tech space recently because there's a huge signal-to-noise ratio that's going on right now in the job market in that the job seekers are using ChatGPT and BARD to create their resumes and their cover letters and their job applications, which is great. I understand that's a distinct advantage, but they're using computers on one side to apply. And then on the other side, the recruiters and the hiring managers are using ATS bots, the applicant tracking systems, and they're using new and developed ATI technologies to scan these profiles. And what's happening is if you don't meet that very specific criteria, if you don't have those exact keywords that they're looking for, your application likely won't get reviewed by a human. And so I have, uh, so I'm like seeing here on one side, bots are creating the job applications. On the other side, bots are reading the job applications and lots of really great people are getting unqualified in the process. And the hiring managers are really overwhelmed right now. They're getting 500 applications per job because it's easier for people to apply to jobs now because of AI. And so it's like this race to the bottom here. And so it's what's causing more issues here is the influx of applications are making hiring managers rely on AI. But then the fact that people aren't getting called back for jobs and they think it's a numbers game. It is not a numbers game, by the way. That's a whole other conversation. But When you're job hunting, everyone says, stick at it. It's a numbers game. Send out 500 applications. It is not a numbers game. It is a referral and a recruiter game. And so people are using AI to just think, oh, I'm going to apply to jobs and that's all I have to do. But like I said, it's that race to the bottom because the hard work really comes from attracting recruiters and getting your online profile really attractive to recruiters and also working your network and building connections at the places where you want to work. And that's not something AI can do. Yeah, correct. And also, I just want to add something a little bit here that uh, you also have to be a creative one in order to get the job because there is a story like of one of my friends. My friend always wanted to get job from Netflix, let Netflix the company. Yeah. So yeah. what he did, he rather than creating a written format of resume, he created a video resume where yeah. it completely looks like a web series or uh, like in the episode one. He just talked about the career experience in the episode two, just educational qualification. Episode three, in that way, he just created the profile and said to the the, the recruiter and uh, two, uh, sorry, one and a half years. Right now, he is employee of Netflix. I love that story. Oh, that's that's so creative. And the job market is a bit of a mess right now. Um, one of the reasons I talk about what's going on with AI and what your friend did so astutely. My clients who go through my official five-step program, we're going bare bones here from what do you want to all the way to the job application. I tell them the number, anyone I tell who's job searching, the number one thing to do is to narrow down the places where you want to work and get hyper-specific on the companies that intrigue you, much like your friend did. Once you get hyper-specific on those companies, you make connections in the company for people who can refer your way over. But much like your friend did, I recommend people, again, we're going back to you are the entrepreneur of your career. Much like an entrepreneur who's raising money would create a pitch deck, I tell people, who look, if this is a company where you really want to work, make a pitch deck for why you should work there. And say, here's a number one problem you've had. I've talked to a couple of your customers. I say to people, look, go on Reddit. Every There's a Reddit for a subreddit for everything. So you could find, say your friend looking at Netflix, you would find like a Netflix fan subreddit and go on there and say, Hey, what are the top things that you love and hate about Netflix? 
You put that all together, you put that in a little survey. And when you're approaching Netflix for a job, you put that in your pitch deck and say, I've talked to your customers. Here's their pain points. Here's what they yeah. want. Here's what I suggest. That's and awesome. so that's, that's yeah. how you stand out from all of that. So when I say to people, it's not a numbers game, I would rather them, instead of sending out 100 applications, contact 100 people and hyper-focus on 10 companies and do exactly the kind of work that your friend did because that's how you stand out. Because as we talked about earlier, Hiring managers are drowning in applicants. So whatever you can do to stand out, much like your friend very astutely did, it is going to work. Because yeah. if you're doing something like that pitch deck I just talked about, again, we're going back to our target customers. Who are they? What do they want? What are their pain points? And you're saying, hey, yo, Netflix, I get you. I get your target customers. Here's where they're having problems right now. Here's a potential solution. Tell me a hiring manager wouldn't be drooling over that. Yeah. Let's That's bring super, you in for an interview. <laughs> That's super awesome. Yeah. 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 You know what? Like now I got my answer. I was having a question. How people are getting jobs in three months and 20% pay. But now mm. I got to know as your method that you look at the things out of the box. Yeah. I got my answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really that being hyper-focused. So unfortunately, if you've been on the job hunt for a while, you start getting desperate. You start getting generalized. You start applying for jobs that you're overqualified for, which you never do. Never apply for jobs you're overqualified for because they're not going to hire you because yeah. they think you're just going to get bored and leave in a few months. Yeah. So people start applying for places where they're really desperate. They start getting general. They start saying, I'll take anything. I'll, I can work in this. I can work in that. I can work in general. Much like in business, you have to find your niche. And so the more generalized you are, the less attractive you are to a company. So if you can get really hyper-focused and you follow the company and you interact with people who are working at that company, the people who get the new job in three months with 20% pay bump, Subra, they are hyper-focused. They are ready to do the work. They come mm. in day one and say, let me learn, let me teach. They might be skeptical of the process, but they, like one of my absolute favorite clients, she came in yeah. day one. It, it's on my website under customer client success stories. Her name is Helen. And she came in day one. She said, this is what I'm looking to do. This is where I'm looking to go. I've been off the job market for a few years. Here's my transferable skills. And here's the problem I've been having. All the job offers I've been getting are, have been beneath me. They are not the pay I want. They're not the title yeah. I want. I know that I'm worth more. And so she came in. She's whatever you need, I'm doing it. I am focused. I'm going to get the work done. And this is my favorite part of the story, Subrat. So she got a job at one of of the top nonprofits in the country, checked off everything she wanted on her checklist. She wanted hybrid, close to home, a job where she can grow. And get this, it was a new position that she was being hired for. And because we worked on her branding and her messaging, and we got that so tight in terms of what she can offer, they said, you know what, Helen, your skills already surpass what we're hiring you for. So they essentially gave her a promotion before she even started. They gave her more money and a title increase before she even started. And she said that was entirely based on our messaging and how we presented her. And then not only that, she's been there now seven months, I think. I just talked to her the other day. She got another promotion within five cool. months of being there. And her boss is training her to take over the department. She is absolutely thriving. And I firmly believe the reason she's so successful is she came in focused, ready to do the work, trusted the process. She told me afterwards, I was a little skeptical about some of the things you told me to do. But I said, look, she's the expert. I'll do it. And it absolutely paid off. Yes, I do have clients, though, who hit roadblocks. That's inevitable. It's going to happen. They start and stop the job search. They lose momentum. It's going to take them longer. That's not going to be in the three-month person. So you have to be really dedicated and willing to do the work. And that's how, you, that's how it can happen. Yeah.
Okay, Emily, let's talk about some misconceptions about career coaching. Uh, what uh, are the misconceptions that you have noticed? That is such a good question. I would say there's two that come up a lot. The first one is that you don't need a coach, that you can do it on your own. And I liken it to a personal trainer in that, yes, you can do it on your own. Say you want to go to the gym and you want to lose weight or you want to gain muscle or whatever it is. You can do it on your own. It will likely take longer. It, you will yeah. likely injure yourself along the way if you're at the and gym, sometimes, right? Yeah, like sometimes the injury is so much like deep, like you you will be like, it might be get in any situations that you cannot never go to the gym because of the right. injury. Exactly. People like the job search right now. People have gotten their own jobs before. So they say, look, I've done it before. I can do it again. I don't need a coach. And first of all, the job market is completely different now than I've seen it in any of the past years. And a resume just doesn't do it anymore. So most people, they say, I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to brush off my resume. I'm going to hit some job boards. And as you see from this conversation, that doesn't work. And so the first misconception is that you don't need a coach because you've done it before. So I say to people, most of the time, I would say on average, by the time people come to me ready to do the work, it's yeah. between six months and a year. They've been on the job hunt for six months to a year. And they're like, look, whatever's ha I think the longest was someone came up to me and they'd been job hunting for about 18 months. And they said, OK, whatever I'm doing is not working. And I say to people, you need that coach because they have the knowledge, they have the experience, they're going to be able to guide you. And in my case, I can show tangible results. I can say, look, you've been job hunting for 18 months. Let's get you a job in three months for 20% more pay. That's something really tangible. Other coaches might not be able to have a tangible result like that. So I would say that's the number one thing is people say, I don't need a coach. I can do it on my own. And the second thing I would say is, Subrat, there are a lot of hucksters out there. There are a lot of people who are just trying to sell products. As you talked about earlier, the entrepreneur, the get rich quick. People ask me, will you do resume review? Can I pay you to do my resume? No, I won't because it takes more than a resume to get a job. So I'm not just going to take your money and send you on your way. That would be unethical of me. And so some people are like, I'm a certified career coach. I did go through a certification program. It's not like being a doctor or a lawyer where there are specific schools and degrees you go to and get. So there could be a lot of people out there, kind of snake oil salesmen, trying to sell fast, quick solutions. Every profession has that. But what I found, for the most part, with coaches, some of them give us a bad rep. But for the most part, the coaches I talk to, they got in it because they just genuinely want to help people. They have had the life experience. They have the technical knowledge and expertise. And the coaches I talk to, they don't even, they feel bad charging money. And so many coaches don't have the entrepreneurial skills to succeed because they don't know how to brand and market themselves and they are uncomfortable yeah. charging money. And so in terms of back to your original question about big misconceptions, number one, that you don't need one, that you can do it on your own. And perhaps you can, but it's going to take longer and be more difficult. And number two, that we're, we're all trying to sell something. And yes, obviously, ultimately, at the end of the day, we'd like for you to coach or buy our course, but that's not the main reason that we're in it. The main reason that we're in it is because we want to improve your life somehow because we have yeah. seen how our work has improved other lives. Yeah, correct. Okay, Emilia, I do not want to end this conversation, but due to lack of time, <laughs> tell us uh, what is the best possible way to reach out to you so that people can find you and get in touch with you. Oh, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I would say check out my website. It's Emily Warden, W-O-R-D-E-N, emilywarden.com. I've got a ton of resources in my newsletter archive. I've got digital courses to help you. You can make a free 30-minute appointment. Anyone oh, can wow. that. Yep, they can talk about their number one career problem. It is not a sales call. 
it is strictly just 30 minutes to help you get some clarity on that number one thing that keeps you up at night. So I've got all sorts of prompts on my website that you can do that. I also recommend to follow me on LinkedIn. So if you should be on LinkedIn anyway, as an entrepreneur and as a job seeker, so if this helps motivate you, but if you just search on LinkedIn for Emily Warden, W-O-R-D-E-N, career coach, you'll find me. But I recommend following me. I've got a newsletter on there. I'm on there every day posting job search tips and advice. I'll be doing LinkedIn lives soon, answering live questions live. So hopefully you can come find me there. Also, you can send me an email, emily at emilywarden.com. Guys, to make sure you follow Emily, wonderful person with great personality, and you can reach out to her according to your coaching needs. So uh, that was today's episode of Sparking On to Be Not So. Thank you, Emily, for being on the show. And it was an honor to visiting you today. Thank you, Subrath. It's been such a pleasure. Congratulations on the podcast. Thanks again, Emily. So that's it. I am your host, Subrath, signing off. And you guys have a wonderful day. Bye, guys. Bye.